Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. good to see you. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. If you're watching us online, a podcast, an app, thank you for being with us as well. And as every week we begin, let's, um, let's get out our Bibles or get out a Bible app and um, go to the Gospel of John, and that is the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Go to chapter three, and today we're going to be looking at really you know, the first 10 verses. We are in um, a short little series in the book of John, and we're looking at just these three transformational encounters that individuals have had with Jesus. We saw these great miracles. We saw them. We saw, we saw Jesus heal a man who had been born blind. We saw Jesus raise up a man who had been paralyzed for 38 years, and those are all, man, just amazing miracles. We love them, and they're great. But today, we are going to look at the greatest the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of the new birth. We're going to see, what we're going to see in the text today is that if you desire to make it into the kingdom of God, then you must be born again. There are no exceptions, there are no immunities, there are no special deals. The one and only way to enter the kingdom of God, we will see from the text is to be born again, born again. Now, let me say this. I was thinking about this. Um, I don't know what comes to your mind when I say those two words, born again. I don't know. It possibly could mean a great many different things to a great many different people. It can. If you grew up in the church or you were around church or you know people who went to church, then this whole terminology, this word, these two words, born again, it's not new to you. you. You've probably heard it before. You've heard it, born again, born again. I've heard it before. I was thinking about this. I was thinking, when was the first time I heard that word, born again? Um, and I remember, I remember, this is true. This is so true, because I was, I was just trying to remember this. I remember the first time I, I, I heard that word. Um, I, was, I was younger, and there was a woman. She was a little bit older than me. And um, she, was an ex- she was explaining something to me, all right? I cannot remember what she was explaining to me. I, I can't remember. But she was explaining something to me, and as she was explaining that something to me, I was thinking, I don't think she's correct. I don't think what she's trying to tell me, it wasn't theological by any means, you know? It was just probably, you know, I don't know, something simple. I don't know, I don't, I, I, I'm not following her. I'm not, I'm, I don't think what she's saying is correct. But she finished what she was telling me. She was a lovely person, by the way. There's, there's nothing unlovely about her. She explains it to me. 
And so I respond to her. I go, I go, I go. I, I said something like this. I said, is that true? Is that correct? Is that right? Now, her response to me was this. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. She goes, I am a born again Christian and I do not lie. That's what she said. And I was like, that's an interesting reply. I was like, I, I know, I know what a Christian is. I'm just not for sure what born again means. Okay. So that's my, my first time to hear the born again. And she said in such a way, it made me think that perhaps born again was some sort of denomination. I did not know all the, guys, I didn't know all the denominations. There's a lot, there's a, guys, come on. There's a lot of denominations out there. I didn't, I didn't know all the denominations. Um, um, maybe it's a born again, born again denomination. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> there's a true story. Okay, okay, okay. This, I, I've never shared this story because it makes me look bad, but I'm gonna share this story. True story, true story, true story. I'm not, listen, someone, when I was young, they asked, I was young, they asked me, they go, they, they go, man, are you Lutheran? Never heard of that, Lutheran. But I did know in the Bible, there was someone, follow me here, called Lucifer, okay? So I, I thought that uh, Lutheran, and I apologize to any Lutherans here. There may be, I don't know, background, I don't know. But I thought maybe a Lutheran was someone who followed Lucifer. And I was like, no way, man, that's not me. That's not me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that, all right? So I don't know all the denominations, maybe born again, born again's a, a denomination, I don't know. And then you also got this going on. This, listen, listen, this is just my background where I'm at. You know, I'm like, you know, it's a, a denomination or maybe it was a church split. Like when, when I was growing up a small little town and what I knew was about Christians, what I knew, well, I knew about Baptists. The Baptists loved to split up, split churches. There's always a new Baptist. I apologize. They wouldn't call it a church split. They call it a church plant, right? But they would name it something like New Beginnings Baptist Church. And listen, you don't plan a church and call it New Beginnings. We know that. I mean, I may not know Jesus, but I know that you guys got mad and that they won't be the New Beginnings. Okay, so I don't know. You're just a woman. She goes, I'm a born again. I'm born again. I'm born again. Is that a denomination? I don't know. Is that a splinter split group of a Baptist church? I'm not born again. What am, I, what am I to make of that? Let me tell you something. By the grace of God, I was invited to church. It was a Baptist church, and someone shared the gospel with me, and God saved me. And I'll tell you what, after the Lord saved me and I start reading the Bible, I soon found out that all Christians are born again. We're all born again. It's not like a denomination. There's no denomination. There's no splinter, split, whatever. It's, it's all Christians. We are born, you must be born again, all right? You gotta be born again. If you're gonna enter the kingdom of heaven, you must, one, be born again. You gotta be born again, right? And two, you gotta, you gotta well, I, well, let me say it differently. Let me say it differently. One, you, you gotta know what it means, and then you gotta know how to achieve it. That's what I say. I say again, okay, okay, born again, born again, born again. All right, what does it mean? Well, let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's look, let's look at it. John chapter three, verse 10 verses. I wanna know, man, I want to know, if I want to be in the kingdom of God, I want to know what does it mean. Let's go through it. I got a simple outline here, a simple outline. And a lot of people, if I have a, like a, if I got a complicated outline, people are like, this is going to be a long sermon. It's usually not. The ones you got to worry about are the simple, simple outlines. Because I get all sorts of freedom on this, okay, man? Because I just, uh, three, three points. That's, anyway, let's get to it. First. I just wrote the great question. Let's begin there. The great question. 
Chapter three, we're gonna be introduced to an individual every time, usually these last few weeks, we're introduced to someone, we're introduced to a man. Let me read this, chapter three, verse one, here we go. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. All right, so we're introduced to this man and and we're really, you might not think it, but we're really given a lot of information about this individual and we're just gonna kind of work it out because it means a whole lot as we keep going through the text. First thing, we're told, you're told this guy's a Pharisee. Once again, you grew up in church, you've heard about Pharisees, right? But just real quick, Pharisees, they're this elite religious party. They had all this great influence among the people. One of their primary characteristics of a Pharisee is their seriousness. These, these were some serious individuals, all right? They are zealous for the law and they made obedience to the law of their master passion. That's the passion of their lives, right? So these guys, check it out. These guys, these guys calculated that there's like 200, I don't know, 248 commands in the Old Testament, 365 prohibitions, and they wanted to keep them all, but they are kind enough. They also wanted to help you keep them all too. You know, they're going, I won't, I'm going to keep them. I won't make sure you keep them. That's, that's these guys. They are what we might call today fundamentalist, but we all know they are no fun at all, all right? That's the Pharisees, that's the Pharisees. Um, let me say this, I wanna say this, I wanna say this, I wanna say, because I wanna be fair here, I wanna be fair here, okay? So um, when, I, when I came to faith, the Lord saved me, okay? And I start, I start going to church, I start going to church, and there's a Sunday school class, I'm going to the Sunday school class. And I thought that all Pharisees were bad, they're all bad, and this is the reason why. Maybe you had some Sunday school classes like this. This was... This was, this, was, this was my Sunday school class, okay? We'd go in there, and this is it. We'd go in there, you gotta, you gotta circle up the chairs, circle up the chairs. And the guy would read a text, we'd read the text, and then he would say, you know, what do we see from here? We see that Jesus is good, Pharisees are bad. That was basically it. And the lesson would be this, be like Jesus, don't be like the Pharisees, all right? And then I'd come back the next week, and that was, that was basically the same lesson, you know? Just a different text. Be like Jesus, don't be like a Pharisee. So I used to think all Pharisees just really bad, but I'm gonna tell you something. I don't think all the Pharisees were really bad, and I don't want you to think that either. I think some of these men were sincere. They legitimately thought that by obeying all these laws and by helping others (laughs) obey these laws that they were doing good. But I think Nicodemus and the man we're meeting here is one of these seekers of God, all right? So you got Nicodemus, he's a Pharisee. Next, we're told, we're told his name. That's the next thing in the text. His name is Nicodemus. Nicodemus. There's the odd thing about his name, guys. Um, Nicodemus is a Greek name. It means victor over the people. Now, the reason why it's unique and it's kind of odd is you got to think about this. He's got a Greek name, but yet he's a Jewish religious leader. So that's kind of interesting. And what we could kind of get from that is that he probably had a I don't know, a cultured background. He was educated and he, he, he probably had some money. The guy was probably wealthy. We don't know for sure, but in John 19, 39, at Jesus's burial, he provides what? Mixture of myrrh and aloes, 75 pounds. And that's a lot of money. This man was able to spend a lot of money on the burial of Jesus. So I don't know, he probably got some money. And finally, we see from verse one, it says he was a ruler of the Jews. Now, not, not only is he a Pharisee, not only is he cultured, not only has he probably got 
some money, but we tell you he's a ruler of the Jew. That lets us know that he is part of the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin, man, they were 71 men, and these guys had jurisdiction over every Jew on earth. That's a lot of, that's a lot of power. Under the Romans, they could exercise all sorts of powers, civil authority, religious authority, criminal authority. So Nicodemus, Nicodemus, Nicodemus is a pretty important man. That's what we're meant to see. Nicodemus is, I don't know, if you had a religious pyramid, he'd be up at the top of the pyramid. That's who we're, this is Nicodemus. That's our guy. That's who we're introduced to. Okay, Nicodemus, we got some information about you. Let's get to verse two, the first part of it, because Nicodemus, this man at the top of the religious pyramid, is going to do something interesting. Check it out. Here we go. This man, that's Nicodemus, this is the interesting part, came to Jesus by night. Let's, let's talk about that, because that's interesting, coming to Jesus by night. Why, 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 why? Why would you come to Jesus by night, night. Now, no, we're not told. The text doesn't tell us why this man might want to come to Jesus at night time. I don't know. I was thinking about it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's embarrassed by Jesus. I don't know. I don't want people to see me talking to Jesus. Maybe he's got pride, right? Pride. I don't want people to see that I don't have all my stuff together, whatever. Maybe, maybe he was a self-sufficient man thinking once again, man, I want people to know I can do it all on my own. I don't know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know the reason specifically why he's going to Jesus at nighttime. I do know this. I do know this. I do know this. Evidently, he did not want to go to Jesus in the daylight, right? That's all I know. That's with all the tickets. I don't want to go. I'm going to nighttime. I don't know. No, I don't know. Maybe you've been there. You've been there. You ever, I don't know, want to go to Jesus at nighttime? Mm, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe, maybe even you. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed of Jesus. You, you, we can, you can, you know. Be embarrassed of Jesus, you know. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care if my, maybe this is you, some of you have struggled, I don't know. You know, maybe, I don't care if my friends know I like Jesus. I just don't want them to know I love Jesus, you know, because I don't think I'm a, a freaky freak for Jesus or whatever. I, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe you go to Jesus at night. You've done it because you got pride, right? You don't want people to know you don't got your stuff together. Let me give you a little, I don't know, information here. You don't have your stuff together and I don't have my stuff together, right? Jesus got his stuff together. Maybe you think you're self-sufficient, I don't know. But I want to say this. This is what I was thinking. I was thinking about this one. Listen, if that's you, and you want to go to Jesus by night, I've got some good news for you. Jesus will see you at night time. He will. He will, right? You want to, you want to go to Jesus at night time? He's going to answer your question. Jesus will tell you truth at night. Jesus, Jesus is there at night. Jesus is what I would call a 24 7 Savior. So no matter how dark your situation might be, you think it is, let me tell you right now, Jesus is going to see you. Jesus will see you. All right, Nicodemus, top of the pyramid, going to Jesus at nighttime. Let's continue verse two. He's going to talk to Jesus. And said to him, Nicodemus talking to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, big picture, that's just a compliment. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a compliment, right? He's just giving Jesus a compliment. He's respectful, calls him rabbi. 
There there, there seems to be no hostility here. It seems to me, as I'm reading the text, that it seems to me that Nicodemus is prepared to, I don't know, have a conversation, an exchange, a philosophical maybe conversation, a theological conversation with Jesus. I mean, I don't know. He's like, Jesus, hey, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm a teacher. You're a teacher. Religious teachers, both of us. Maybe we can come together and, 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 and talk, right? We talk about the miracles, the signs. You know, Jesus, let's talk about this. Jesus, let's get together. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's talk theology. Let's talk theology maybe over some coffee or something like that. You know, let's have a talk. Let's have a, let Jesus, let's have a talky talk. You know, let's, let's talk. And I tell you, that's not unlike some people today, right? There's a lot of people. A lot of people are prepared to, I don't know, talk about ideals about Jesus Every man, everybody is prepared to give an opinion about Jesus. Everybody, there's so many, they don't want to, people will debate about Jesus. You know, they're all about, they're going to debate. Let's debate, let's debate. Let's sit down, have coffee, let's debate about Jesus. I've noticed a lot of people are like, 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 like Nicodemus here. They're, 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 they're prepared to have a, a conversation about theology or whatever. Not a whole lot of people prepared to bend the knee. Not a whole lot of people prepared to worship Jesus, but that's Nicodemus, top of the pyramid, come at night, Jesus. Let's have a combo, right? Now, this is what I find interesting. I find this really interesting, right? You got this guy, Nicodemus. Jesus is what I find interesting here. You got this guy coming at night, right? He's cultured, he's influential, he's a wealthy religious leader. He won't say, Jesus, I won't talk about the signs. Let's talk about theology of signs. He's sincere, he's respectful. He even says, I know you come from God. Let's talk theology. But what I want us to know, notice is there's a shift when you see in Jesus. Jesus seems to have absolutely no desire to shoot the theological breeze with this guy. He doesn't. No, 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 no coffee, man. Jesus does not even acknowledge the question that Nicodemus just said. Jesus just stops the whole conversation, right? Jesus, it appears Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, you're going to talk to me about, I don't know, these secondary issues. Jesus is like, I want to talk about the heart issue. Jesus is like, I want to talk about what is important. Nicodemus you need to be changed spiritually. Nicodemus, you need to be changed from within. Nicodemus, you need to be changed completely. You need to undergo such a spiritual transformation that the only way that it can be described is to be called, or to call it to be born again. Notice Jesus, verse three, look what it says. Okay, so he just asked, Jesus gave Jesus a compliment. Jesus says this, look, look, Jesus answered him. Truly, truly, I say to you, Let's, let's talk about that, because that's, that, no, seriously, it's, and when you're reading the text, it's, it's almost jarring. It says, Jesus answered him. He didn't even ask a question. Nicodemus just gave a compliment. Jesus, he did not ask a question. Jesus, no, 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. How are you going to answer a man who hasn't even asked you a question? But it appears that Jesus is after something else. He's like, you just, you all totally confused about how a man is made right before a holy God. No, seriously. Jesus, I believe, is looking past the verbal, whatever, the compliment, and Jesus is saying, hey, listen, listen, Nicodemus, I want to answer the internal question that you have not yet verbalized 
externally. So he's going to answer and he goes, truly, truly, I say to you. That means, that means, that means, hey, Nicodemus, I'm about to say something very important. Nicodemus, I'm about to say something that is the most important thing you're ever going to hear. Nicodemus, you better get out your iPad, your iPhone, your notepad, because I'm about to just give some truth here. And you don't need to forget this, Nicodemus. What I'm about to say is of eternal importance. Okay, what is it? Rest of verse three. Unless one is, look at that, born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Wow, 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 wow. Nicodemus, you came to me at nighttime. You maybe, I don't know, want to grab a table, grab some coffee. You want to talk about some theology, some theology, whatever. But those are secondary. What you need to understand, Nicodemus, is that you cannot in no way, at any place, under any circumstance, at any time, it is an impossibility for anyone to enter the kingdom of God unless that individual has been born again. Nicodemus just ran into some hard truth. Once again, you might have been, I've been there before. <laughs> reading the Bible. Bible, Bible's a dangerous thing, man. It's dangerous. You're reading the Bible. Maybe you're looking for something. Maybe, maybe you want some theological insight about something. That's good. That's great. But you're reading it. Now while you're reading it, God just puts that arrow right in your heart. And you're like, oh my. By God's grace, you receive a hard truth. Now the question is this. When you receive a hard truth, what do you do with it? What are you going to do with that? He just received truth at its deepest level. The question is, what is he going to do with it? Look at verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, to Jesus... I love this. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now that sounds, I don't know, humorous maybe to you and I, but I don't think Nicodemus is making a joke here, really. I I think Nicodemus, I want to know, right? I want to understand, right? Jesus, I don't understand this, right? How, 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 Jesus, even if what you are saying is true, how do I accomplish that which you are saying? I don't know, Jesus, how is this? That is, that's the heart cry of humanity, right? We desire change. I want to be different. I want my mind to be different. I want my character to be different. I want to be born again, but how is that possible? Now, here's the interesting thing. As soon as Nicodemus asked this question, Jesus seems to say, okay, you're on the right track now, man. You're asking the right question, all right? You're there. We're on the right subject. We're talking about the right thing. And that leads us to what I would call the great answer. This is that first thing, that compliment. Jesus is like, eh, eh, eh. You get on the right question, Jesus is going to give you the right answer. Look at verse 5. Jesus answered once again, truly, truly. Hey, listen, what I'm about to tell you is very important. No, it's not very important. A very important thing is when you get called home for dinner. That's important. This here is eternally important. You should, you must put as much weight as you possibly can upon it. Truly, truly. I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's a natural birth, your physical birth, and the spirit, that's God the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of 
God. So, yeah, Jesus, he's clarifying here. By the way, a lot of people use the word born again in different ways. Let me tell you, if it isn't this way, then it's an incorrect use of the word, all right? First, you gotta be physically born. That's no brainer. You gotta be born of water. Second, you gotta be spiritually born, born of the spirit. Now, Jesus is gonna give us some more information here. Look at verse six. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, this, this, is, this is beautiful. It's really a self-evident truth, right? You can, follow me here. Let me just follow me here. Okay, I might have shared some of this with you before, but um, and this won't surprise you. I, I'm, I'm not a farmer, man. I'm, I'm not a farmer, okay? My grandfather had a farm. My grandfather got a farm in kind of East Texas. And I would go to his farm in the summer and um, I, would, I would help him work, but if I was to say it more correctly, I would watch him work, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not a good farmer, man. Um, so um, there's two things I do know about farming. This is, this, this is the sum total of my farming knowledge, okay? You can thank me later. First, I've already told you, I'm not a good farmer. I'm not a good farmer. No, a, listen, if you did not know this, farming is very difficult work. It is, okay? It would be, they'd be sitting there. It's in August in Texas. It's one o'clock after we eat lunch. <laughs> My grandfather's out there working. I'm out there watching inside, watching, I don't know, reruns or something. I don't know. It's hard, okay? So I know that. That's the first thing I know about farming. I'm not good at it. Here's the second thing I learned about farming, all right? I know cows do not give birth to chickens. I know that, all right? You can congratulate me. I've got, right? I know that in order to get a vegetable, it is reproduced by a vegetable. And I know an animal is reproduced animals. A vegetable cannot reproduce an animal. An animal cannot reproduce a vegetable. And that's kind of like what Jesus is saying here. It's kind of self-evident. You want to be born again. You want to be born of the spirit. You got to know right again that it's a work of God. It's a work of the spirit. It is something that's a gracious, sovereign act of God. All right. It's self-evident. All right. Verse seven, he says this, Jesus says this. This is this guy, this top of the pyramid. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Jesus is like, hey, 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 this, this, this shouldn't surprise you. This is, should not surprise you. You in and of yourself, born of water, born of flesh, you are a sinner by choice and by nature. Everybody knows that. Man, I've been to a lot of places, a lot of different areas and tribes and stuff, and I talk to people. Everyone, when you talk to them, are aware that they sin. This is not rocket science, right? We are sinners. In order to make it into the kingdom of heaven, you got to be born again. This body of flesh does not have in and of itself the ability to be born again. You got these dirty hands, dirty hands. You must realize that you're a sinner and repent You must receive the work of the Spirit. You must. You must be born again. Let me tell you something right now. When Jesus says must, he means must. And listen to that. Well, listen to that. People, people, I mean, Jesus is clear here. There is no ambiguity. You must be born again. So, guys, the question is this that we must all ask if you desire to be in the kingdom of God, you must ask, 
am I born again? That's the question, right? The question is not, have I had a religious experience? The question is, are you born again? Question is not, am I a good person? The question is, am I born again? The question is not, am I a moral person? Are you born again? I get it. You might say the right things in front of the right people at the right time, but the question is, are you born again? Are you born again? Am I born again? Am I born again? Am I born again? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching or listening and you're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm born again. Man, I remember maybe, you know, one time my buddy down the street asked me to go to some camp and I went to the camp and there was a fire and some marshmallows and stuff and I sang a song and something. I don't know. I went to church one time and they sang a song I like, and I got kind of emotional. I had a little tear come down, got a tear. I got to have been emotional at church, right? Whatever. Maybe, you know, one time, one time, one time, one time I went to church. Actually, this is my own, I mean, I went to church, and a guy talked about hell, and hell sounds really bad, and I don't want to go to hell, so um, I did some, you know, said some words or whatever, so I won't go to hell, But hell isn't, you know, a a place you get out of by saying some magic words or something. I mean, heaven, 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 hmm. heaven isn't for people who are afraid of hell. Heaven's for people who love Jesus. And so we go, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. Here's what I would say. Jesus says there are some clear indicators that you can tell because there's effects in your life of being born again. Look at verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sounds, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. Now, so it is, look at this, with everyone who is born of the Spirit. There's a lot being laid down there. So it is with everyone who is born again. It's similar to that. It's similar to that, right? Right, right, right? Like, look, this, this wind. Like, 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 like I don't, I don't, I, 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 you see the effects of the wind. I see the effects of the wind. It blows trash in my yard. I see that. I know that, man. But I don't see the wind itself once again. So it is. Likewise. It's like that with... Everyone who's born, born again, I don't see the Spirit, but when God saves you, when God the Spirit indwells you, there are some visible effects that are going to manifest in the life of a believer. Now, once again, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It does not mean you're perfect, but Scripture tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You repent, you believe, God saves you, God the Spirit indwells you, and there should be some manifestations of the fruit in your life. I would say this, if, 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 you, if you can sin and walk in that sin, not repent of that sin, be happy in that sin, and continue to live an unrepentant lifestyle, I would say you might want to investigate your conversion experience. 
The most miserable people in the world is a born again Christian who walks in sin. I'm just telling you straight up. How do I know? Because I did it. Prone to do it again. That's why I put good people around me like you, man. We need each other. We're church, man. How's he going to respond? Final thing we'll see is the great response. Nicodemus, I love this, said to him, Jesus, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? That man's struggling. Nicodemus is struggling. He's struggling. How can these things be? He has legalism, this religious system. And you're saying salvation is a sovereign work of the living God? But I love what he asks. I love it because I've heard it many times. How can these things be? No, seriously. I've been there, man. I've shared the gospel. And I've had men say, how can this be? I hear what you're saying. That Christ would die on the cross in my place for my sins. If I repent of my sin and believe in him, ask him to save me, he saves me, and he makes me right with God. How can this be? How can this be? How can this be? Well, let me just read to you John 3, 16 and 17. It's a little bit more down in the text, but here we go. This is how it can be. You guys know this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that's Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not, will not perish, but have eternal life. That's being born again, the kingdom of God. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That is it. That's how it can be. Jesus. Jesus. Repent and believe. So, here's the question I will ask all of us. Here in this room and if you're watching, are you born again? Are you born again? Have you repented? Have you believed? Because Jesus says, truly, truly, unless you're born of the water and born of the Spirit, you will not. Hear me. You will not, you will not enter the kingdom of God. It is an impossibility. No exceptions, immunities, or special deals. So as we close out our study of these three encounters today, I want to... I don't know, man. I just, I want to go kind of old, old school. I want to give everyone here, I, I believe there's no one here by accident, and I want to give you an opportunity. I believe there's people here today here that do not, are not born again. And I know there's people watching or listening, and you're not born again. Maybe you're riding in your car on your way home from work. You're listening to this. Thank you for listening to this, but you may not, you're, you know you're not born again. So here's what I want to do in just a moment. Church, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. In just a minute, I'm going to ask this of you. And if you're here today 
then you are born again. Praise God. And please pray for those who are not. If you're here today and you're a Christian, you're born again, but you're walking in unrepentant sin and you're miserable and you know it, repent. Good news is I repent multiple times every day. It's the life of a Christian. We repent. But if you're here today when our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer likewise. And ask God to save you because there is no other way. After we say this prayer, I want to ask you to keep your eyes closed and your head bowed, all right? Because I want to continue. But first, Silverdale... And if you're driving a car, you don't need to bow your head or close your eyes, please. But everyone here today, would you please bow your head and close your eyes? Let's do this as one body. If you do not know Jesus, I would ask that you would pray a prayer like this to yourself, to Jesus, but silently. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I admit that I have sinned against you. Please forgive me and heal me from all of my sin. Save me. Save me. I surrender my life to you from this day forward. I belong to you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray this. And please keep your eyes closed and head bowed. This is just one more thing I want to do here. I just got to ask you. All eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer... Would you please raise your hand? I just want to see you, all right, if you prayed that prayer. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see you, thank you so much, thank you so much. If you raise your hand, everyone else keep your eyes closed, please. Those who raise your hand, could you look at me? Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. If you've raised your hand, all right, I want to see you, all right? I want you to tell somebody. Tell somebody what you did today, all right? And in this service, you can come talk to me, all right? If you raise your hand, you can talk to me. You can talk to one of the encouragers. All right, church, we can all raise your head. Here's the thing we got to know. Our God is a God that saves. Our God is a God who's good. I want to thank all of you who made decisions this day. Please let us know. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale. And we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.